Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast, all about reinventing your health with safer, cheaper, more effective natural solutions and powerful lifestyle changes so that you become the CEO of your health. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder. Are you feeling like this 2020 holiday season is basically on par with the rest of 2020? It has definitely felt like that for us. Thanksgiving basically included my mom, my husband Alex, and myself at our house with no travel. And I can't honestly recall when I did not travel for Thanksgiving to multiple households. Although I'm not gonna lie, I was 37 weeks pregnant last week And I really didn't feel like leaving my house or even going to the store for that matter. Now, if you can relate to this holiday season being very different and challenging, and you are wanting some simple hacks to deal with the holiday stress, especially the emotional eating, well, today I've got you covered. Later on in this episode, I'm going to share some of my simple ways to overcome emotional and fatigue-driven cravings. I think you will find them very helpful during this time of the year because let's be honest, as magical as the holidays are, they can also be draining and overwhelming, especially right now. And it's so easy to fall into emotional eating habits when we're feeling emotionally and physically drained. And the fact that the food and the temptations are all around us. Now, before I share my top 10 hacks for coping with holiday eating and holiday stress, which I know has been a big one for so many of us, I want to quickly share something that I've been recommending, not only to my closest friends and the women in my community, but I just cannot wait to share with you. See, one of the biggest issues that come up for us as women is hormone-driven PMS symptoms right before our period, including bloating, cramps, stubborn weight, even those crazy mood swings and sugar cravings that can come out of nowhere. And although many of us have accepted this just as a normal part of being women, we don't need to feel this way. I am personally always looking for simple and effective nutritional remedies to support our hormones and address some of the biggest symptoms women face every single day. So when I was introduced to Harmony, which is this delicious cacao chocolate flavored superfood blend that combines adaptogenic herbs like chaseberry root and maca root, I knew I needed to try it for myself and here's why. Organifi created Harmony with 12 superfood ingredients that not only helps PMS symptoms like bloating, fatigue, and mood swings, but also promotes better balanced hormones every day for just overall improved health and wellness for us. Talk about a win-win. Now with less than three grams of sugar, this has literally been my go-to healthy hot chocolate drink for any cravings and especially energy slumps in the afternoons and mornings. And who doesn't need that level of comfort and added energy these days? Now, because I'm loving this delicious superfood drink so much, Organifi has given me an awesome promo code to share with you so that you can add this chocolate goodness to your morning or afternoon routine for more added energy and hormone support. All you got to do is use my promo code, Dr. Marisa, get 15% off your order by going to Organifi.com slash Dr. Marisa. Organifi is spelled O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash Dr. Marisa. And I will have the link in the show notes for this episode, so no worries there. Now, let's jump into my top 10 healthy eating and stress hacks for this amazing holiday season. 
So number one, I want to start with healthy eating because I think that's such a big piece of what is going on. And, you know, we're having to vote with our fork every single day. So the first first hack I recommend is really setting yourself up for success. I recommend not setting a goal to lose weight during the holidays. Instead, just try to maintain where you're at. That way, you're not feeling the pressure and the stress of trying to lose weight during the holidays. Maintaining where you're at allows so much ease and grace. Number two, plan for exercise or just moving your body. Exercise helps to relieve holiday stress. It prevents weight gain. Moderate to daily easy exercise can really help to offset any holiday eating. I recommend trying 10 to 15 minutes of a brisk walk a couple times a day. And not only is walking great for just overall exercise and cardiovascular benefits, but it's phenomenal for lowering stress levels and just getting out in nature and getting more oxygen. Also, I love 15 to 20 minute Tabata exercises, especially if you are traveling, or 15 to 20 minutes of weightlifting at home. And that's what I've been doing so much of, is weightlifting and lots of walks. Number three, this is one that I do all the time as well, although I haven't been doing it this much this year, but before leaving for a party or a small event, I tend to recommend eating a light snack of like raw veggies or a piece of fruit with almonds. I love blueberries and almonds or strawberries and almonds. Maybe it's, you know, carrots or celery or Persian cucumbers with hummus. Basically have a little snack. And then you'll find yourself not being so hungry or starving when you show up to the event or show up to the little family gathering and you're not tempted to overindulge. Number four, once you arrive to the event or the small little gathering, I know people are still doing that for sure. I always recommend surveying the buffet table or surveying the landscape of all the food before filling your plate. So then you're able to get really clear about what's gonna serve you. Choose foods that you love, skip your least favorite, include veggies and fruits to keep your plate balanced. I even go so far as to create a veggie plate first, eat that, and then go back and do other items. So I'm always a salad first girl, because I know it's so easy to go and eat the other things, and then the salad's the last thing on your plate, and you never get to it. So that is my rule, is salad first, or veggies first, and then I get into the other things. And that way, you are filled up on all that fiber, phytonutrients, antioxidants, clearly veggies. All right, number five, be mindful when you eat. This is the hardest one for me. I'm still trying to get a grasp on this. So before you eat, I recommend taking three to five deep belly breaths. Say a short little prayer or whatever feels good for you if you love giving thanks for your food, and then really savor each bite. You can set your fork down between bites to kind of give yourself that space. And then what I love so much about this is that the hormone leptin, those levels take a minute to register. So if you are full, you can easily overeat if you eat too fast. So it's always my thing is like, okay, I'm trying to regulate my leptin levels, make sure that my brain and my hormone levels know that I'm eating so that they can catch up. As I mentioned, I've always been a speed eater because I was always running to one task to the next. I mean, honestly, I cannot tell you how many times I stand in the kitchen and eat right on the cutting board because I feel like I've got another thing to get to. So again, some of those really great techniques like putting your fork down, taking some deep belly breaths before you get started, and you know, just setting yourself up for success, maybe even count to 10 between bites, will really help you not only get more satisfied, but also to savor and really enjoy the treats so that you're enjoying the whole experience, right? So often 
it just goes down so fast. We don't even, we didn't even enjoy that cupcake. We didn't even enjoy that gingerbread cookie or whatever that yummy dessert was, that yummy treat was. And I think we deserve to enjoy it. All right, number six. This is a big one. Be mindful about beverages. Holidays bring a lot of treats from the coffee houses like Starbucks, even alcoholic holiday drinks. Alcohol can loosen inhibitions and cause us to overindulge even more. So non-alcoholic mocktails can be helpful, but just be mindful. They can be really full of calories and sugar. So I recommend like a sparkling water with pomegranate seeds in the water, or maybe like a little bit of pomegranate juice, or maybe just a little bit of juice in general, maybe a grapefruit juice, you know, whatever you love. Just give it a little sparkle and fun. This is a really low calorie option. And then just be mindful. Like maybe it's just the one glass of wine or it's the one glass of champagne, and you really savor that glass opposed to two to three glasses later. So just think about beverages that you're consuming. They can add up very quickly. And then I always recommend just having a glass of water in between beverages as well so that you're staying hydrated and that you're staying full longer. That is a huge technique that I think can work for so many people. Number seven, take the focus off food. Turn candy and cookie making time into non-edible projects like making wreaths, dough art decorations, or gingerbread houses. Plan group activities with family and friends that aren't about food. You know, taking a walk with a family member, getting out of the house with a family member. I think these are all really great ways. You could also potentially do some community work, although this year probably not as much community work is being done as normal because people are being told to, you know, keep their groups small. But also playing games or doing a walking tour of decorated houses. Again, any of these things are not food focused and can definitely keep you entertained and connected to family without food being a part of the equation. Number eight, bring your own healthy dish to the holiday gathering. Now this is something I've been doing for many, many years. And that way you know you're set up for success, right? Like maybe I was always the person, I'm always the person who brings the healthy salad or I'm always the person who brings like the healthy side dish. So just be thinking about that. I'm also the person who brings the healthy desserts. Basically, you want the healthy thing, I'm your girl. But again, that really sets you up for success, especially if you are following a very specific food plan or anti-inflammatory food plan or whatever it may be. Just because the holidays are here doesn't mean that you are stopping that protocol. I know for me, I've gone through many holidays on anti-inflammatory protocols or autoimmune protocols, and I've really had to just bring my own dishes and then hoping to inspire other people in my family to want to try those too. You know, for Thanksgiving, everything we have was gluten-free, dairy-free, was all healthy, yummy foods because that's where I'm at in my Hajimoto's journey. And luckily it was just three of us, so it was super easy. That's how we eat all the time. And my mom absolutely did not mind. She really loved all of the things we had. We had cauliflower, we had baked sweet potatoes, we had salmon, we had a big salad, we had guacamole. So just a lot of things that are really just super healthy, super yummy, super holiday-focused, but again, not a lot of the processed ingredients. So something to be thinking about. It's a great way to expose people to what you've got going on. Number nine is practice healthy holiday cooking. I love this. Preparing favorite dishes 
lower in fat, in processed foods, and sugar, helps to promote healthy holiday eating. So incorporating some of these simple cooking tips in traditional holiday recipes can make them healthier. A long time ago, I wrote a book called The Dash Diet Cookbook, which I co-created a ton of the recipes that were really delicious, healthy versions of the recipes that we grew up as kids. And it's on Amazon still. It was on Dr. Oz. It sold you know, I think 75,000 copies or something like that. But the recipes were super easy and they were such a great reminder of how we normally eat and how we can just tweak. Like that's what I love so much in this information age is there is a recipe, a healthy gluten-free or dairy-free version of what you love out there. And it's just a matter of making some tweaks and changes to make it super good. And that's really where my husband shines the most. My husband's the chef in the house. I'm definitely the food prep. I'm the salad girl. I love making side dishes. I love cooking with vegetables. That's where I shine. But my husband loves a lot of flavor. And so his goal is always to make a lot of our autoimmune anti-inflammatory foods that don't sound like a lot of fun, like super yummy, super flavorful. We use a lot of herbs, we use a lot of spices. And oh my gosh, I'm just so grateful that Alex is so committed to experimenting because I'm very much an eat to live kind of girl. Like I could just eat the same salad every day, whereas he loves variety. So it just works out for both of us that he loves to play so much in the kitchen and it really turns out well. All right, number 10, I want to move into how to support emotional eating by recognizing the triggers and setting yourself up for success. So 98% of all diets fail because they don't address the food addiction component and how to overcome emotional eating. So why food? Well, negative emotions can lead to that feeling of emptiness or emotional void. Food is believed to be a way to fill that void and create a false sense of filling that fullness or temporary wholeness. That's kind of the reason why we get stuck with emotional eating. Other factors include retreating from social support during times of emotional need, not engaging in activities that might otherwise relieve stress, sadness, and so on, not understanding the difference between physical and emotional hunger, using negative self-talk that was related to kind of like binging episodes that can create a cycle of emotional eating, and then changes in cortisol levels in response to stress can lead to cravings, especially when you're feeling fatigued and overwhelmed. So I want to just talk about that as being number 10, is how we can support the emotional eating aspect, which I know probably, you know, really ramped up this year. You know, we're pressed to the nine with busyness and overwhelm and just not feeling fully supported, having to carry so much on our shoulders, we've got to be able to reach for something to kind of give us comfort. And for a lot of us, we were brought up with food as that piece, like food was love or food was comfort. And then it becomes tied to this emotional void that we're experiencing and food can fill that. So what I want to share today is kind of what is going on, how we can address the differences between physical and emotional hunger, because that first step is really self-awareness, recognizing it. You know, we can eat food so unconsciously and not even realize that we're doing it. We can placate our emotions with something, you know, comforting and not even know it. And so I want to just talk a little bit about kind of what's going on here and how we can navigate this terrain. So emotional eating affects both men and women. It may be caused by a number of factors, including stress, hormone changes, mixed hunger cues, again, you know, being brought up in the family culture of it being comfort and a way to self-soothe. All of these things are contributing factors. 
Now, physical and emotional hunger may be easily confused, but there are key differences between the two. So pay attention to how and when hunger starts, as well as how you're feeling afterwards. So for physical hunger, it develops slowly over time, right? Especially if often we can go about four to five hours without a meal and it kind of comes on slowly. Whereas with emotional hunger, it can come on suddenly and abruptly. With physical hunger, you desire a variety of food groups. When you have an emotional hunger, you crave only certain foods, right? Those are the chips or the ice cream, the cookies, the chocolate, whatever's going to soothe you. You probably have your go-tos. With physical hunger, you feel the sensation of fullness as a cue to stop eating. With emotional eating, you may bench on food and not necessarily feel any sensation of fullness. With physical hunger, you have no negative feelings about eating, but with emotional eating, we tend to feel really guilty and feel a lot of shame about eating. So let's talk a little bit about how to curtail emotional eating because emotional hunger isn't easy to quell by eating, right? It's eating is just a temporary solution at the time, but most likely it's going to come back. So while filling up may work in the moment, eating because of negative emotions often leave us feeling more upset than before. The cycle doesn't typically end until a person addresses the emotional needs head on. So here's some recommendations for kind of addressing those emotional needs. For me, yesterday, I was definitely feeling an emotional flurry. Towards the end of this third trimester, the struggle is real. So meditation has been my go-to for just decluttering and just flossing out all the stuff I'm holding on to. So when I thought I needed a piece of chocolate, which, you know, for a pregnant woman, why not? I decided that meditation was probably my better option because I knew that the chocolate wasn't necessarily going to help my brain clear a lot of the clutter. So others are calmed by turning inwards, like practices like meditation. Simply breathing is a meditation that you can do almost anywhere. Like sitting in your car and just taking some slow, deep breaths can really help. So meditation is one, and I think it's a great strategy. Other ways of coping with stress oftentimes can be writing in a journal, reading a good book, listening to something on Audible, taking a walk outside. This has been so huge for me. Getting some sunshine, again, meditation, grabbing an essential oil like a wild orange or a lavender oil can help to decompress and relax. Those can all be stress relieving strategies. And as you know, I have so many of these on the podcast. Next is move your body. Some people find stress and emotional relief is getting movement. So whether it's walking or jogging around the block or a little quick yoga routine, or maybe it is getting on your Peloton, or maybe it is doing a little bit of weightlifting, whatever can just alleviate some of that stress and move that energy out. And this is something I personally practice every single day, especially if I find myself needing a little extra boost at two to four o'clock in the afternoon, I will grab a water bottle instead of a piece of chocolate, and I will go and take a quick 15 minute walk outside, and that just resets everything for me. Like I'm amazed at how much energy I get from just going out in nature. And then a couple of the things I recommend is starting a food diary. So keeping a log of what you eat because it may help identify food triggers to emotional eating. I know for me, there's some great apps that you can do this, like MyFitnessPal, and knowing your triggers is half the battle. Like, so maybe your triggers happen at two o'clock in the afternoon, or three o'clock in the afternoon, or late at night. And so once you know those, you can actually set yourself up for success with some other habits or self-care. Like you can swap that time out for something else. 
Next is always just eating really great food, like nutrient-dense foods, so foods that contain healthy fats, proteins, and fiber. Because when your body is getting enough of the right nutrients and the right fuel, it's not gonna feel hungry. It's gonna feel pretty full, pretty sedated. Basically, your body's gonna have what it needs to function, and it's not gonna be sending you physical hunger cues. So that'll be something to think about. And then take out the common offenders in your kitchen. I talk about this all the time because we do, you know, you want some of those temptations to be gone. I recognize right now it can be hard. There's probably a lot of foods in the fridge. People are bringing things over. You're making favorite holiday items and desserts and all kinds of treats. And so, but normally, and even maybe curtail some of this right now, you just have your cabinets, your refrigerator, you know, a place where, you know, maybe you have your shelf, or maybe you have your section where it's your kind of healthy, nourishing foods that really, really nourish your body. That's a one way to do it. And then lastly, distract yourself from cravings. So chances are those emotional cravings are going to hit you around the same time every single day, late to mid-morning, mid-afternoon, late night before bed. So just tune in to your body and recognize if that food is really necessary to fuel you. Also, I recommend drinking a glass of water or like a sparkling water to see if that curbs your cravings. But again, oftentimes when we're seeing these cravings too, besides the emotional trigger, it could be stress, it could be burnout, hormonal imbalance, it could be candida. So it's always worth kind of looking deeper and seeing what could be the driver of these issues of like this emotional eating or of you finding yourself kind of snacking in the middle of the day and not knowing why. And then I always, always recommend having essential oils on hand. My go-to craving blend or craving oil is peppermint essential oil. It's like a craving be gone. I call it like winning the cupcake stare down or whatever you love, the cookie stare down, the brownie stare down. But if you have peppermint with you, it will literally shut it off. So that's a great oil to have to kind of give yourself some time to get out of that craving moment. So I wanna finish out this episode, now that I shared all the emotional techniques and strategies on how to address emotional eating, I wanna talk about how to banish holiday stress, especially this year. I have a feeling, I know I've been feeling it, that there's been a lot of draining energy and holiday challenges, maybe even obligations. Maybe you're feeling like you're even more over-obligated than ever before. My husband, it's a long story, but hurt his knee pretty badly the last couple of weeks. And here I am at the very end of my third trimester, and I've been taking care of my husband pretty much 24-7. And so I have definitely felt more obligations than I was anticipating, and it has stretched me to my limits. And so, again, as amazing as the holiday season is, Often we feel triggered by conversations, by grief, by overwhelming schedules, endless to-do lists. I mean, the thing, the list goes on and on. And the struggle is real right now for so many of us with so much uncertainty and concerns for our family and friends. Showing up for other people can be draining if we're not honoring ourselves in the process. So it's really important to give yourself permission to be gentle with yourself, especially during this time. Carve out time for you. And if you find yourself feeling triggered by a conversation or a painful memory, I recommend really just taking time to breathe it out, grab an oil, journal it out, just giving yourself a lot of extra grace. I feel like the quote of this year is extra grace required, especially if you're feeling lit up and triggered. 
it's time to just have a little moment to yourself. So here are some recommendations I think that are super helpful that can set you up for success. These are my go-to stress-free hacks. So number one, hike your mood up with sunlight. So it's important to get fresh air, even if it's cold air, bundle up. It's important to get that vitamin D and it's worth it for the sunshine. Number two, take a whiff of citrus oils, grapefruit, wild orange, tangerine, and do a little 30 second breathing exercise. Literally these oils are like liquid, like joyful, effervescent, you know, essential oils. They will literally shift your mood in a matter of seconds. Walk away the worries. I know this has come up a ton in this podcast already. At least for me, walking is everything. It's a stress reliever. It's an energy booster. It is a declutterer. It's a great meditation technique. I think that walking is one of the best ways to like ease anxiety and overwhelm. I just love it, especially if you're doing it to clear your thoughts. Maybe you have a podcast or favorite playlist you love to listen to, like getting where you fit in. Number four, do less and enjoy more. So hopefully with less people, a lot of less of how it is, less travel, there's gonna be moments to really enjoy and savor your day. Number five, sticking to your daily routine. So don't let the holidays knock you off your typical daily schedule. Keep your habits and rituals intact. Make self-care non-negotiable. Even if your in-laws are coming over, But especially if your in-laws are coming over, make self-care a non-negotiable. Number six, don't neglect whatever cracks you up. So laughter is the best medicine. So really have those moments of joy and laughter. Goodness knows we desperately need it. Number seven, forget perfection. And this is one because I can definitely get, we all have that little, just that little person on our shoulders, that little perfectionist, right, that just wears on you. And this is the year to just literally flick them to the curb. So stop obsessing over the need for everything to be perfect. Honestly, perfection is boring and it takes away the enjoyment. So this is the year who is like, you know, who cares? Number eight, get out of the house. So maybe go have dinner at a park if it's still warm enough or get together with family out of the house. Again, walking in your neighborhood is probably the easiest way to do this. But if you can navigate around, you know, around where you're at, we're by a beach and we can still walk the beach. So that's been where, well, right now my husband can't walk. But usually we're walking the beach because it's, you know, we can socially distance. No one's really at the beach right now. So it's a really great little place to go. Next, go tech-free. This is so important, especially in the mornings or in the evenings so that you can enjoy family time. You can reset those circadian rhythms. I have been doing a lot of digital detoxing these days. Turn up your favorite song and dance. This is something we love doing in our house all the time. When we're getting ready in the morning, we're cooking dinner at night, or we're in the middle of a workday, we love to put on, I love soul music. Like I love Aretha Franklin, I love Stevie Wonder. Like those are my songs, those are my jams. So that's usually what I'm listening to when um, when I'm taking a little dance break. And then lastly, this is a bonus, don't overschedule. You know, it's so easy to fall into the trap of finding yourself running from one thing to the next. Let's be honest. It's just how we operate. This creates a lot of perceived stress and anxiousness, and it's just not serving, right? Being, oh gosh, the, 
Overscheduling, it just works me up thinking about it because I operated like that for so long and I can definitely get stuck in the trauma of busyness. So just something to think about. I hope that this particular holiday season, because maybe you're not traveling or it's just not as crazy busy that you're able to not fill your schedule up. And if it is filled up, hopefully it's filled up with a little bit of time for yourself. So what I want to do is I want to invite you to choose one or two stress hacks that feel good to you, that you're like, I can do that, I can do that. I can pull in a playlist, I can go for a walk, I can do a little bit breathing, I can grab an essential oil, I can let go of how the house needs to look for a hot minute. Like, just pick one or two things that really serve you personally, that really resonate with you, and implement them this week. Give yourself permission to focus on you and be gentle with yourself. Again, extra grace required all year long. And if you're looking for easy remedies and recipes for mood support, brain fog, liver support, cravings, also yummy detox waters, healthy waters, healthy green smoothie recipes, really all just geared towards supporting and nourishing your body, I'm going to have my basically we call my detox blends and recipes and it's really designed to kind of just give you that little slight edge give your body a break during the holiday season you can find it in this episode or you can go to drmarisa.com slash detox blends and whether you want the cheat sheet right now or you want to have it on hand for the new year it's absolutely worth getting your hands on and i want to say thank you so much for stopping by and listening to the essentially you podcast Right now, you're not going to want to miss the upcoming episode with Dr. Cleopatra. We're going to be talking about how to approach postpartum recovery in the fourth trimester. I know I'm getting ready to wrap up this pregnancy and wrap up the pregnancy support episodes, although I've been really excited that they have benefited a lot of women. I wasn't sure if that was the case. It's so interesting to want to support you and also share my journey at the same time. But I also know that, you know, so many of the women listening to this are in their 30s or 40s or 50s. Some of you guys may be having kids or thinking about it, but probably most of you are already past that phase in your life. But I wanted to sprinkle some of these episodes in because it's been about my journey. I've done so much research in this area. And I've been so grateful to have such great experts come onto the show and share their brilliance as well. So I will be wrapping up a lot of these episodes on pregnancy, although I will have a couple of episodes on the fourth trimester and postpartum. I feel like this is an area that so many women are kind of left to the wayside and are not kind of just, we just ignore moms once they have babies, although their bodies are just significantly changing and transitioning. And let's be honest, like we are just entirely different people on the other side of birth. And it's a reincarnation of who we become. But then also we're taking care of this very fragile, very vulnerable little human being. And there's just a lot going on there. It's no wonder women have a difficult time navigating this particular fourth trimester. So I want to shed light on that. I think we need to be having more conversations around what is considered to be very taboo for a very long time. And so I'm excited to kick that conversation off with Dr. Cleopatra. She is a fertility expert. She's a literally a guru in this topic. And she's the mama of three children. So she's been through it three times. All right. Well, until the next episode, I hope that you're enjoying your Thanksgiving weekend, all of the holidays. I hope that no matter what is going on, you're finding grace and you're finding magic in it because each and every one of us deserve that. All right. See you soon. Bye.